This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord on a Monday. Y'all good? I picked an interesting night to wear a hoodie. It's a little damp in this thing. Been releasing it to the east and west and north and south. Releasing something. Good to see you. Good to see you. I want to encourage you, uh, make sure you're here tomorrow night. Pastor David Perkins is going to be with us. I'm telling you, we believe it's going to be so, so good. Uh, So come ready to receive from the Lord. Um, We had a great uh, midday prayer today, praying for our kids. We prayed for your kids today and interceded over them and over their children's pastors. And uh, the next 21 days, we're going to be praying and we're we're believing God that some breakthrough is going to take place as we pray and uh, it's going to be good. So get your Being Transformed journals out. And this is, this is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> I, uh, this, last night Sarah was preaching. And by the way, wasn't that awesome? Yes. So good last night. Um, just just a, such an amazing word. And I loved, I loved what she had to say about this banquet of God that we're invited to. So, so often, and it's, it's interesting because what God placed on my heart is almost like a part two of what God put on her heart. But last night as she was preaching, I was kind of feeling like initially what God gave me was this idea of like God having more for you and not settling. And then she starts preaching this message and I'm just like, oh, great. Now I'm just going to preach a worser version of her message. <laughs> But it really was so good that God invites us to a banquet and we so often we settle for something so far less, right? We settle for the fast food diet. We settle for starvation and we, we miss out. And that, that whole idea, if you weren't here, man, make sure you go back and listen to it. And if you were here, listen to it again. Like share it with people. That, I, it, it was also, one, you, ever, you ever get one of those videos from somebody and they're like, watch till the end? You know that? That's what I was thinking in that message last night. It was so good, but man, at the end, it was like, oh, we're so proud of you, babe. You're awesome. So blessed to have you. Uh, But tonight, I kind of want to build on what she was preaching. And what God showed me last night as I was kind of wrestling with, is this just going to be a a lame version of her message? (laughs) What God showed me was it wasn't the same message. And really what he wants me to talk about is the mission side of what God has more for us. That God has a there's, a, there's a mission that God invites us into. And there's more that God invites us to as far as the mission he's calling us to. Like there's, there's a greater level of influence that God wants us to have in our city, in our state, in the nations than we are currently having. And I believe that God's gonna speak to us tonight and help us with that. Now, why I said this is interesting because I was writing this message today and I finished this sucker at six, right? It's like, you guys are getting here and I'm finishing this up. So this is some fresh manna. This is some, like I didn't rehearse this a lot. So I'm going to be close to my notes tonight, but I I do believe God's going to speak to us tonight. Some hot, buttery manna here. So 
But, but would, you, would you join, your, join me and let's pray over this word and even pray for me. Lord, I, I just ask you uh, in this moment that you would speak to your people, that you would use this, this, this time we have together, that we would see the mission that you have for us, Lord. And our, our part, the part that we play in the story of God in this world, that we, we get to play a part in new kingdom realities being birthed into this world and people being brought from death into life. Lord, let us never lose sight of how vital our role is with you in this world. We know we can't do it on our own. So you've given us the Holy Spirit and you've given us your word and you've given us the church. And Lord, we just ask that you would speak to each and every one of us tonight. And I pray, Lord, for me that you would just help me to communicate this the way you gave it to me. Uh, I pray, Lord, that this would not be about me tonight, but this would be all about you, that you would be seen and known in a greater way than ever before. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 A couple years ago, there was this movie that came out called Free Guy. And, uh, and I'm not recommending it to you because I don't know where you like the kind of movies you see. So I don't want to get a letter from you that's like there was cussing in that movie because there's cussing in that movie, okay? So calm down, all right? Don't give me any letters. Don't send me an email. I'm using it as an illustration, right? But in this movie, Free Guy, there's this guy named Guy. And the movie takes place in this, uh, in this video game world, right? And there's this guy named Guy in this video game world, and he is an NPC. Now, for those of you who don't know what an NPC is, an NPC is a young people, what is it? Non-playable character, yes, non-playable character. So an NPC is like a character in a video game that's basically like like a tree almost. Like they're like, they're just there to kind of fill up the game, but you can't play with them and they really don't serve much of a purpose in the game. Like they're not, you're not really interacting with them. They're just kind of walking around on the street, you know, doing their thing. And so they're, you, they're not really supposed to be known or recognized or seen. They're just kind of a background kind of character in, in, the, in the game. So in this, in this movie, Free Guy, there's this guy named Guy and the maker of the game, when, when he's created, within his programming is something in him that wants to break out of just the normal NPC character stuff and get more involved in what's going on in the game. And so he begins to start stepping out and doing stuff. And what's, what's interesting in the movie is as he does this, it begins to like totally flip the game on its head. Like him just getting involved and him stepping in because of how he's programmed and the wiring within him, now he can step in and he can actually do something that, that literally within the movie changes the game, yeah. changes the game. And, and, and so I was thinking about that this morning. God, as I was driving here this morning to start working on this message, I was praying and God reminded me of this movie. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, there's people in the body of Christ and there's people in the church and they see themselves as NPCs. They see themselves as like a non-playable character in the kingdom of God and what God is doing. They're in the game. They're in the story. They know that God has a story that's being written in this world, but they don't see their part in the story as being very consequential. Like, like you see yourself in the story, but... but you know, there's, there's characters and they're a big deal. Like obviously, you know, Jesus is the hero, right? He's the, he's the main thing. 
And then there's all these people in the Bible, and there are these main characters within this story that, that God used them, and they, they point us to a lot of different things. And, and then maybe even, you know, you look around at the church, and you see people like me and, and Sarah and some of our leaders, and you say, those are, those are characters that are, you know, playable characters by the Lord that are being used in this game. But, but I'm, I'm not really that. I'm just kind of in the game, kind of going through the motions, kind of doing my thing, but, but I'm here to tell you tonight that God created you to be a character of consequence and to make a difference in this world. That when God recreated you in the image of Jesus Christ within the programming that he put inside of you is some stuff that can put the world on its head. It's some stuff that can shake things up and change things and change the way the game is being played, change the way the world is being lived, change this kingdom from one kingdom to another, from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of of light. But in order for us to step into these roles and not be just a non-playable character who's just kind of doing our thing, you know, going through the motions, getting up every day, taking our little path, and kind of like we, we have our little story, our little game that we play where we're trying to make our name great in our, in our own little world, and we're trying to, you know, make some money and, and build a business or whatever it is that you do. God invites you into his story. God's inviting you into what he's doing into this world, to the change that he wants to make in this world. He's inviting you into it, but in order for you to get there... You're going to have to choose to not settle. Like you can't settle. In fact, I I got three points for you tonight. And my first one is this. We can't settle. We can't settle. We have to realize that there's more that God wants to do. There's more that he wants to see accomplished. You know, something I hear from time to time here at New Song Church, not not as much now, but especially when the church was, was newer and a lot smaller, people would come up to me from time to time. And listen, if this was you, I'm not trying to rag on you or anything. I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. But people would come up and they would say, I, I really like it here because it's small. And I, 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 you know, I just hope it stays this way. And I would be inside. Like at that time, I was a new pastor, so I wasn't as bold sometimes and just being like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but now I, I, if somebody says that to me, I'll be like, no, 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 no. Like, and I, I get why people say it. They say it because we've all been to, you know, the mega, mega churches where it feels very impersonal. Or maybe you've been to like mega events where it feels like you're just lost in the crowd. And I get that people are saying, we don't ever want that to happen at New Song. We don't want this to become so big that it becomes impersonal. And listen, neither do I. I don't want this to become a big impersonal church. I want this to become a big and personal church. That's why we're working so hard to get you on serve teams and to get you in small groups and to teach you how to practice the way and inviting people into your homes and all that stuff that we talk to you about because that's how you make big church small. But it's important that the church gets bigger because there's people who are going to hell. (laughs) There's people who are lost. There's people who don't have this. Remember you before this? Some of you would go, man, before I found, you've told me, before we found New Song, our church was so dead and I didn't understand who God was. Okay, imagine if if now we said to you, sorry, we don't have room for you anymore. We're happy with how big we've gotten. Like that's, like you wouldn't want that for you. I don't want that for anybody. So we've got to keep growing. 
The family of God, listen, the family of God is a big family. In fact, I was worshiping last night down here in the front row, just worshiping and out of the blue. God just like dropped something in my heart. He, he said, you know, when, when, after I rose from the, the grave, after Jesus rose from the grave, notice that he didn't just take everybody to heaven with him. Do you notice that? But you know why? Because it would have been like 12 people. <laughs> it wasn't a very big group at that time. And he didn't also say, he didn't also say, you know what, guys, I'll give you a year. You got a year, do as much as you can. No, no, we, we still, listen, we still wait for the return of our Lord. Why? Because he wants a big group of people in heaven. He wants a big family. And so as the people of God, we better get comfortable with a big church because just so you know, heaven's going to be a big church, a big, awesome church. And so we got to grow this thing. We got to want more and we got to pursue more. We can't settle. Second Peter 3, 9 talks about this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some would understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Like Jesus not coming back is not because he's just dragging his feet. It's because he's patient. It's because he doesn't want anyone not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's not being slow. He's being patient. He's giving us time yes. so that we can win as many people to the kingdom of God as possible. So understand this church, we have not arrived. Like I love what God's doing here. I am so excited about what God is doing here. It's great, but we haven't arrived. There's more to be reached. There's more to be done. There's more to be accomplished. And like you know, I'm excited. We're going to move into a new building this year in Jesus' name. And I'm looking forward to getting in that new building and all the space and all the, the people that we're going to be able to get into that building. But I hope you also know, like, where my faith is, is I hope we outgrow that building quickly. Like, I hope we start running thousands of people through that building. Because you know what thousands of people running through that building means? Is thousands of people are coming to, are, are, are coming to know God like we know God here. I want to build other campuses. I want to keep growing. I want to keep moving ahead. If, you're, if you've signed on the dotted line for this church, just know we're going to stay in some building projects. Like we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. I'm grateful what God has done, but I also know because he's done this, there's more. There's more because he's so good. And if we stay here and we settle, we're going to miss, we're going to miss out on the more that God has for us. It's kind of like this. Let me illustrate this way. Uh, imagine that you're going to Disneyland. Okay, and again, hear me. I'm not endorsing Disney, okay? <laughs> Some of you, you've gotten rid of your Disney Plus and now you're getting all mad at me. I'm not endorsing Disney at all, at all. A lot of the stuff coming out of Disney is garbage right now. But imagine you're going to Disneyland, okay? <laughs> and you're driving there from Oklahoma City. Illustration, right? Illustration. You're driving there from Oklahoma City. It's a long drive, like 20-something hours. And you're getting close to the park, and it's like 10 miles away, and then 5 miles away. And then all of a sudden, you see this sign on the side of the road, and it says, Disneyland, next exit. And as you're getting close to that, that sign, you see a minivan underneath the sign, and all these people are like, this family is like getting out of their minivan and unpacking their bags and like at the, at the sign, and so you're thinking, I wonder, maybe they're having some car trouble. You know, something's wrong. So you pull over and you're like, okay, I better help these guys out. You walk up to me like, hey, you guys, you guys need any help? Because you're a Christian, right? You're practicing the way of Jesus. Even though you're on your way to Disney, you're still practicing the way. You better practice your way. 
third practice away of Jesus on the way to Disney. And so you, so you go up to him and you're like, hey, do you, do you guys need any help? Is anything wrong? And they're like, no, we're at Disneyland. Isn't this awesome? We're at Disneyland. And you're like, uh, what? Yeah, we, we, we came from, you know, the Carolinas and we drove all the way here and we're finally here and we're so excited. And you're, you're thinking, this isn't Disneyland. This is the sign. Like this is a sign. Disneyland, you got to keep going if you want to get to Disneyland. So, so grab your stuff and put it back in the car because listen, there's more than this. This isn't it. There's more for you. If you'll just keep going and keep pressing ahead, there's more. There's more that you're going to experience. There's more for your family to experience. There's more for you to behold. But you, if you're going to get there, you can't stop here. Listen, New Song Church, this is great, isn't it? I love what God is doing in this place. This is awesome. We're beholding the Lord. We're experiencing the, the power of God and the presence of God and seeing lives turned around. And it's awesome. And I love it. But as great as this is, we can't just settle for this. We've got to keep moving ahead because, because there's more. There's more that God wants to do. There's more that God wants to, more people that God wants to reach. In Matthew chapter 17, there's this story. If you got your Bible, you can go ahead and flip over there. Matthew 17. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And this just so illustrates this so perfectly. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And as he's, he's going to Jerusalem, realize this, he's going to Jerusalem where he's going to die on the cross. Like he's going to do this incredible work that he's, that he's come to do, which is to die on the cross for the sins of mankind, to make a way so we can be brought out of death and into life. He's going to be resurrected. Like the greatest work that he's going to accomplish is going to be accomplished. He's on his way to do that. But on his way there, there's this, there's this little detour that he takes. He goes with his disciples and he takes them and pulls them aside, Peter, James, and John. And they climb this mountaintop. And before their eyes, Jesus is transformed. This is the Mount of Transfiguration. It says this in verse 2, as the men watched, so Peter, James, and John are watching, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun. Like the sun is bright, right? So Jesus' face is shining like the sun, and his, his clothes became as white as light. So Jesus is like, is like glowing here, like glowworm Jesus, but on a greater level. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. And it's, I just love that there's no information on what happened there by anybody. Peter, James, and John, like fill us in, guys. What was, what was the conversation? What was the convo? Jesus talking with these guys who've been dead and gone for years. We don't know. We don't know. But it's a pretty epic moment. And the disciples are witnessing this. Peter, James, and John are witnessing this. And it's amazing. And they're taken back by it. And Peter speaks up because Peter does that. <laughs> and he's, he's blown away by this. So he makes this statement, verse 4. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. I love how he just lumps himself in with the whole thing too. <laughs> it's wonderful that we're all here doing this together. This is pretty cool. And I think we would probably say the same thing, though. Like, Jesus, this is cool. What is happening? Like, this is amazing. This is epic, right? Epic moment. Goes on to say, if you want, Peter talking, 
I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So, so Peter's, in this moment, Peter's saying this. He says, like, Jesus, this is awesome, and I don't ever want this to change. Like, I'd love to just camp out right here in this moment. So let's build something to protect this, and let's just settle right here. Let's just stay right here, and let's just live from this place. It's kind of what Peter is, is saying. And in a way, I mean, you can't blame him, right? Like, it's an epic moment. But what Peter doesn't realize is what we don't realize sometimes, is that there's more. There's more that God wants to do. Because at this moment, if they just settle right there, if Jesus just settles on the mountain, then he hasn't gone to the cross and died for our sins, which means none of us find salvation. And, and realize this too, as, as we're talking about this, Jesus is the one that brought him to this moment. Like this is a Jesus endorsed moment here. So it's not a bad moment. It's not bad what he's wanting. It's just that he just wants to stay in that moment and live from that moment forever. But God, God invites us to more. Because Jesus has more to do. But not only Jesus has more to do, Peter has more to do. You know, Peter's going to do some pretty epic stuff in his future. Like Peter's going to be the guy that on the day of Pentecost, after 120 are filled with the Spirit, he's going to go out and he's going to preach this message. And 3,000 people are going to come to know the Lord. It goes on to say later in the Bible that he preaches again and 5,000 men get saved. It doesn't even say how many men and women, or how many women and children were there, but 5,000 men are recorded as getting saved. Peter can't settle on the mountain. There, there's another story where uh, there's this, this lame dude, this crippled guy, and he calls out to Peter, and he says, you know, give me some gold, give me some silver. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And this crippled guy walks. Like that, that happens. Later. So Peter can't, if Peter settles on the mountain, then that doesn't happen. There, there's a guy named Cornelius that Peter's going to go minister to. And, and Cornelius is going to be the first Gentile convert. Any Gentiles in the room? Grateful that the message of Jesus was brought to the Gentiles. <laughs> Peter, Peter can't settle on the mountain because there's, there's more. Are you tracking with me? There's so much more that God wants to do. So we, we can't settle. We can't, we can't just memorialize. You know, we, we do stuff here at New Song Church called Landmark Assembly, where we remember and we memorialize what God has done. But notice we don't just stay at Landmark Assembly forever. We move past it and we look ahead to the next one because we know God moves us from mountains back into valleys and to other mountains. And so we follow after the Lord and we let him lead the way and we chase after his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But here, here's what I want you to see. We can't settle. We have, to, we have to really come to believe that God has more and that we can't settle into this NPC way of thinking that just says, I'm just gonna live my life and do my thing and do this rhythm and it's gonna be the same every day. No, we have to be open to what God wants to do and the change he wants to bring. We can't settle. Say, we can't settle. Here's number two. We have the difference. We have the difference. Why can't we settle? Because we have the difference. We have the gospel. We have the message that the world is, is wanting and needing. Whether they recognize it or not, we've got the message. 
Uh, flip over to 2 Kings chapter 6. If you've got your Bible, flip over there. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, there's this famine that's taking place in the land of Israel. And it's in the capital city of Samaria. And to make it even worse, uh, the Syrian army has, has, has risen up and has surrounded the city and has be- basically built a camp around the city and they're, they're starving the people within the city. So now no one can get in, nothing can get out. And so they've cut off the supply line to the city. And because of that, uh, it's getting bad. People are starting to starve. They don't have enough. Slowly but surely... They're starving to death, and it's getting really, really bad. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 25. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. Okay, so let me help you understand this. It's getting bad. Bad to the point that people, like when a donkey starves to death and dies... They, they take the head of it and they're, 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 people will buy the head of that donkey head so they can eat it for, what was it? 80 shekels of silver, which is a lot. It's funny, someone came up last night and they said, whenever we're fasting, you guys always talk about food in your messages. And I was like, I don't think I'm doing that. And then today I was like, oh yeah, I am doing that. But if you're getting hungry thinking about a donkey head, break the fast. You have permission to grab a protein shake or something, all right? Goes on from there. Donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. And one-fourth of a cab were a cup of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. Dove droppings. You know what we're talking about, young people? Dove poo-poo. People are buying dove poo-poo, a cup of it, for food. It's bad. Somebody say it's bad. And, and it actually is, it's, it is really, really, I mean, demonically, evilly bad, how bad it gets, because it actually goes on to talk about how people actually begin to eat their children. I mean, they are in a desperately bad place. Now, um, in, in this place there's this king, this wicked king who's leading, and he begins to blame Elisha for this. It's not Elisha's fault, it's the children of Israel's fault because they're rebelling, but he begins to blame Elisha, and he's going to kill Elijah, and, and Elisha prophesies this in 2 Kings 7, 1. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord. Tomorrow, about this same time, a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So here's what he's saying. Everything is about to change. I know it's bad right now, but, but tomorrow it's going to be a different game. There's going to be a completely different economic system in place tomorrow. You may not be able to see that right now, but, but it's coming. There's no sign of that in the natural right now, but it's coming. Story goes on from there, verse 3. Now there was four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city The famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. So here's what they're saying. 
we're, we have leprosy. We're going to die anyway. We're starving to death and we're miserable. We stay here, we're going to die. Uh, we go into the city, we're going to die. We go to the Syrians, you know what? 50-50. They might let us live or we might die. If we die, we were going to die anyways. We're miserable. We might as well die. So they decide to, to go and to see the Syrians. And so they walk towards Samaria. And as they come over this hill, they discover that the army is gone, like completely gone. They have abandoned their posts. And, and what takes place is that all of a sudden they, they hear the sound of the marching of the army of the Lord. And that freaks them out. And so they decide to run. And when they run, they don't like grab all their stuff and run. They leave all their stuff and run. Like they're terrified. So they run. And then they, so, so realize they're besieging a city. So that means that they're waiting out a city that's dying. So they're very well taken care of. They have a lot of supplies and they've got gold and they've got silver and they got lots of food, lots of everything. And they just leave all of it. And so these lepers come upon this. They come upon this this incredible bounty that's just been left behind. So, so here's what, what happens. God has done this amazing work, right? right? Yeah. Like the work has been accomplished. Yeah. The salvation that the people need has already been accomplished. Yes. They just don't know about it yet. Right. But there are people who know about it. But they, what they do is they just begin to consume for themselves. And so they go into the city and they just like start eating and they take some of the stuff and they bury it and they, they just like, <laughs> they go nuts, right? And, and they, they're doing this for a while until it finally hits them like, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that don't have this, that are suffering and dying and eating each other. And we have what they need so we need to go let them know. It says in verse 9, they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is the day of good news. Good news, gospel, salvation. And we remain silent. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. And so they, they go back to the city and they let everybody know and people come flooding out. And what Elijah prophesied becomes the reality. Everything that he said was going to happen takes place. They're flowing in abundance to the, to the point that, you know, everything he prophesied would take place. Now, now here's why this story is important, because if we're not careful, sometimes we as Christians can step into the role of the lepers in this story, where we receive of the salvation that's been purchased for us, and we're enjoying the bounty, and we're living it up, and we're stepping into community, and we're finding answers and hope. And we forget that there's a world out there that's eating itself alive. There's people out there that are suffering and broken and dying. And we just keep it to ourselves. You know, what we have here is pretty, again, it's, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Like, I love what God is doing here. And it's It's good. And I've said it before, but it bears repeating. It's too good to keep to ourselves. Because there's some people out there, and they're just like you. They just don't know Jesus yet. But they're like you. Like they, they want to find somebody who loves them and cares about them. They want to feel like 
there's purpose to their life beyond just this stuff that we see in this world. They want to have a good marriage. They're just like you. They want their kids, they want to be able to tell their kids how to navigate this, this life and point them towards answers. They're just like you. You know, there's people out there and they're actually, they're new song people. They just don't know it yet. And what they need is someone who's willing to step into their world and invite them, like, like Sarah talked about, invite them to the banquet. There's a banquet. God has something more and he invites them to it, but he invites them to it through us. So we have to be willing to step into who God's called us to be. We have the difference and we can't keep this difference to ourselves. We've got to share it with the world. So we can't settle. We can't just arrive at a place and say nothing more. We're going to stay right here. No, we, we can't settle. We have the difference. And then here's number three. We've got to make a difference. God's called us to make a difference. Jesus said in Matthew 12, he said that we're called to be salt and light, agents of change, right? You go in a dark room, you flip on a light, changes. You go in a dark room, you, you flip on like a little light, even a little light, and all of a sudden there's light where that light is, right? And, and when you're in a dark place and there's light, stuff in the darkness is drawn to the light. We're called to be light, we live in a dark world and we're called to illuminate. We're called to point people to Jesus, to bring about the change of the light of Jesus Christ to this world. We're called to be salt. What, salt, same way. What does salt do? It, it brings about change. It brings out flavor. That's right. We're called to be people who bring out the flavor of God in this world. The people would taste and they would see that the Lord is good. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be difference, difference makers. So how do, we, how do we do it? Okay, three simple things. Number one, if you're going to be a difference maker, number one, you got to start small. Start small. I think sometimes we think when it comes to making a difference, we kind of settle into this idea that like there's so much wrong that I can't do anything of significance about it, so I might as well not do anything. And so we kind of pull ourselves out of the game and we become again an NPC because we think I can't, since I can't do anything significant, I just won't do anything at all other than what I'm doing. I'll go to church and I'll... You know, but, but other than that, I'll just kind of, but, but what God invites us to is this practice of being willing to do something significant with something small. Like the Bible says it like this in Luke 16, 10, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater Colossians 3, 23 servants do every task with equal dedication Whatever they do, servants, do it with all your heart. You know, God is God's big about the little details. Like he knows the number of hairs on your head. Like that's, that's a small thing. But, but at the same time you hear it and you go, man, that speaks to love, right? That speaks to being seen and known. Sometimes we think it's the big things that make such an impact, but it's the little things that make people feel seen and known and cared about. God, like all through scripture, we see him pointing us to small things, pointing us to children, about children being like what the kingdom is all about. Have faith like this. Act like this. Look like this. Approach me like they do as a father to a child. Jesus, like you see him in his life, 
being willing to get into the small stuff, washing feet, cooking fish. Like Jesus, we see it. Like the, the one that we follow, like that's how he, he rolled. And so if, he, if that's how he was and we're practicing the way of Jesus, then we have to understand that, that we have to not just look beyond the small things, but we have to see the small things as being significant. We have to start small. As I was thinking about this today, uh, God put Jackson on my heart. And I was just thinking about what you've done over the past few years here at New Song and how you started. And I hope you teenagers know, it wasn't always this cool. <laughs> but Jackson was willing to dig in and keep going when it was small and seemed insignificant and keep pressing on. And still to this day, Jackson is one of the most detail-oriented people. Like I see him, he, like he's just so detailed with his life, so specifically focused and, and does everything, even the small things, very excellently. And I, and I believe it's one of the reasons why God is growing what you're doing Amen. and impacting it. You guys should be grateful for your pa yeah. youth pastor like Jackson. I love you, man. I'm grateful for you. Grateful God sent you to us. You're an answer to prayer. But he was willing to start small. This church started small. We got over a thousand people coming every weekend. That's great. But it wasn't always like that. Any Haskell people in the room tonight? A lot of you. Awesome. You remember. A lot of details back then. You used to have to get to the church early, pull a trailer unload all these banners, set up the church, change clothes, go over my notes, come out, preach one message, and then tear it all down. A lot of details, a lot of small things, but that, that stuff is like the foundation of where we are now. Yes. Small things are important. Are. And if we overlook it, we can't get to the greater and the bigger things. So we have this difference, and, and one of the ways that we see this difference come into existence in this world is we got to start small. Here's number two. You start close. Start close. Jesus said this to his disciples when he was talking to them about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 28, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and the ends of the earth. And so Jesus here, he kind of showed them this pattern of how ministry works. That, that it, starts, it starts close and works its way out. And so that, that's what he's saying. When he says Jerusalem, Jerusalem is like where they are at the time. Jerusalem is where, is where you live. In other words, ministry should be happening where you live. Husbands and wives, ministry should be happening where you live. Are you ministering to your spouse? Are you ministering to them? Ministry happens where you live. Are you ministering to your children? Who's the pastor of your kids? Just so you know, Kent and Joy and Eman, they pastor your kids, but they're not the, the pastor of your kids. Parents, you are. Like, I, I hope you know, like I'm a pastor here at New Song, but I pastor my family. I shepherd my family. It's part of what I do. And it's the most important thing I do. It's more important than this. 
is that I minister to my family, that I minister to my children, that I'm there for them, that I'm there for Sarah, that I'm ministering to them. It starts in Jerusalem. It starts at home. It starts where you live. Are you ministering in your home? Are you ministering in your workplace? Or are you saying, well, somebody else will get to that. I'm an NPC. That's not my role. Somebody else will get to that. Are you ministering in your school? Yeah, but my school's a mess. People are so bad. Kids are so bad. Yeah. It's dark, right? Be light. Let's go. Starts in Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria is like, is like our state. It's like our, our nation. And then the, and the rest of the world is the rest of the world. But notice we start small. Or we start close. We start small and we start close. So, so apply those two things. Start small. Like, okay, go back to your school. I'm not telling you, you got to stand up on the lunch table and start praying in tongues. <laughs> Don't do that. That will mess up the rest of your school life. I'm telling you, don't want to do that. <laughs> but, but being kind to somebody, encouraging somebody, like instead of seeing somebody and they walk in with some new shoes and you're like, man, I like those shoes. I'm not saying a word to them. What if you just go to them like, hey, I like your shoes. I don't know. That's different, right? We're called to make a difference. And here's the third thing. Start now. Start now. If we're going to make the difference makers, we've got to choose to say it starts now. It starts with me. I'm going to start small. I'm going to start close. And I'm going to start now. 2 Corinthians 6. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul says this. He says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So here, here's what he's saying. We're, we're all workers together with God. We're partnering with God. We're co-labors with God. And we can't co-labor with God in vain. And then, he, and then he, he reminds us of what Isaiah 49 verse 8 says. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. So Isaiah 49 is prophesying. and is speaking to a day that will come when things are going to change and a shift is going to take place. And, 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 and then look at what it says. Look what Paul says. Behold now. Everybody say now. now. Behold now. Now is the accepted time. Behold now. Everybody say now. Now, now is the day of salvation. This is the day of salvation. Salvation has come. Freedom has come. The answer is here. His name is Jesus. What people are longing for is available. What people want, what people are hurting to find and discover purpose and, and, and freedom and life is, is available. And we have it. And it's now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. This is awesome. I love what God is doing here. And this is so awesome, it can't stay here. We've got to take it beyond these four walls. We've got to take it out into our city, into our state. It was interesting, today we were at prayer. And at the end of prayer, uh, Sarah was praying and she was saying, I believe that, that out of tonight, people are going to be saved. 
And when she was saying, I was kind of thinking, well, I'm not, that's not really where I'm going with this message is inviting a bunch of people to get saved. But then as I was going into this, I realized what God was saying in that moment is it is out of tonight that a bunch of people are going to get saved because it's out of tonight that a bunch of you are going to step out of being an NPC into the, the, the role that God has called you to walk in in this world. And you're going to step out of there with purpose in your heart and quit thinking somebody else will get to it and you're going to get to it and you're going to start getting to it with the spirit of God with you, empowering you, helping you to know what to say and how to say it. And people are going to get saved. And the kingdom of God is going to expand. Let me end with a story. History tells us that when Spain was a superpower in the world in the 15th century, they, they thought that they were kind of the end-all be-all. And so they had these coins printed up. And on these coins, it said, nay plus ultra, which means nothing further. It means they were saying like, we are the end-all be-all. We got it all figured out. And then the new world is discovered. So they had to fix their coins and they changed their coins to say plus ultra plus ultra means this. It means more beyond more beyond. Listen, new song church plus ultra. There's more beyond plus ultra. There's more out there. There's, there's more people that need the message of Jesus. There's more people that need healing. There's more people and there's more out there beyond what we're experiencing that God wants us to experience. There's more, there's more moves of God that he wants to birth through you and in you and with you. There's, there's more moments in your home where your kids say something inspired by the Lord that makes you go, yes, they're getting it. There's more of that. There's more moments where you, you, you see God break down a wall for someone you've been praying for and they come to you and they say something and you're like, oh my gosh, it's working. God's doing something. There's more opportunities where God's gonna use you to, to say something into someone's life and they're going, oh my, how did you know that was happening? How did you know I was thinking that? How did you know? There's more moments where we're gonna lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. There's more moments where people are gonna flood into this place and the spirit of God's gonna hit us and God's gonna move and man, we're going to know, know that he is alive and he is at work. There's more out there plus ultra. So don't settle to be an NPC. Don't settle. Don't buy into that lie that, you know, I'll just kind of go through the motions and this is, no, no, no. God chose to make you. You were created anew in Jesus to be more than an NPC. God has an assignment for you. The maker has you in the game to change the game. The maker of the game puts you in the game to change the game. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So let's go. Let's go. So here's my invitation tonight. If that's you and you say, I'm in. Where's the worship team? I thought they were going to be up here. Are they not? Yeah, I'd like you to be up here. How's your fast going? <laughs> Got a little time to kill here. No, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to stay, stay in the moment. <laughs> here I am. Okay, if that's you and you say, I'm in, like I... I Maybe you find yourself going, that's me. Like when you, even when you said it, when you say that, that people have bought into being an NPC, like something resonated in me, that that's been me. And whether you feel that or not, or that rang with you, and you, maybe you just find yourself today going, I want to be, 
I wanna be a part of the difference God wants to bring about in this world. If that's you, I want you to stand up with me. People are going to come to salvation because of tonight. I'm gonna pray over you and I'm gonna pray that even now God begins to start working in you and then we're gonna go back into a moment of worship here and I want you to just, just worship like, like God's gonna use you, right? Like worship with eyes of faith. I want you as you're worshiping, I want you to see young people, see your school getting turned around. See those kids that you would say today, man, that kid will never, never come to church. See him walking into these doors. I want you to, to, to see that, that child that's away from God coming home. To see that, that, that person in your family who's bought into the lies of sexual confusion and homosexuality and all that stuff. I want you to see them coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and truth that can set them free. I want you to see God using you to speak life and truth and help and healing into other people. I want you to see yourself being used by God to make a difference in this world. If that's you, say, let's go. All right, lift your hands with me. Lord Jesus, I pray for a new anointing, a new anointing in 2023 to accomplish the purpose of the kingdom of God in this world. I pray that you would use every person in this room. Lord, I pray that you would give them vision right now for what you want to do. Lord, I don't know what everything going on in people's hearts, what people are facing, what people are dealing with. I don't know, but you know. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give them eyes of faith right now to see beyond what they see right now into what can be. See beyond what's happening right now in the natural to what you can do with your super applied to the natural. But I want you, I, I, I thank you for just helping them, Lord, helping them to see that family member come to salvation. Help them to see that family member who's away from God in a church service with their hands lifted, crying as the Spirit of God helps them. I want you to see, help them to see that person who's sick and in pain, walking in health. Thank you, Jesus. Give us eyes of faith. Help us to see beyond what we see in the natural. Give us eyes of faith, Lord. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.